0: Welcome to Thriving is the Goal. I'm Tim Chan, and I'm with my good friend, Mark Lechiman. And Mark, how are you doing today? Doing well, sir. How are you? Doing well. I'm excited for our conversation today. We're going to talk about the value of coaching and also how the working genius impacts how we coach and gives us some insights into how to better help the people that we coach. So Mark, what was your introduction to coaching?
1: For me, I heard about coaching maybe... Dozen years or so ago from a friend. I ended up getting a chance to do a couple of coaching sessions with someone like complimentary and thought that was a really valuable experience. And mostly remember just thinking, hey, I think I could do this because it just seemed like coaching was about asking lots of questions and making sure you shut up long enough to hear what the other person had to say. About your questions, and so eventually that led me to doing some more courses, and yeah, I just went down the the rabbit hole from there.
0: Mm-hmm. For me, in my late 20s, I worked for a nonprofit, and one of the leaders of the nonprofit did some coaching training, and so he took the whole team through a one day, "What is coaching? What's the value of coaching?" session, and I just remember thinking this is how I would want my leader or my manager to lead me. Mm -hmm. Like Instead of telling me what to do, I would want them to coach me, to ask me questions and to guide me to find my own answers. And I think that whole process felt so exciting and empowering as someone in their late 20s that was just used to leaders telling me what to do. And then later on, probably five years ago, I hired a coach for myself. And the original intention was to figure out how to grow my business. I had grown my team and I needed more sales, but I was just really struggling and stuck and in a place where we weren't making as much money as we were hoping to. And I thought, oh, I need some outside help. I need some coaching to help me get through this and figure out how to grow the business. And what ended up happening is that I got the clarity that I didn't want to grow the business. And ended up actually scaling it down as a result of the coaching. I continue to meet monthly with a coach. And I've just discovered it helps me make decisions and helps me move forward faster than if I were doing it myself. I get these aha moments, these breakthrough moments in the coaching that Mm -hmm. have been really valuable for me as I continue to run my business, but also in the wider part of my life as well.
1: Fair enough. And Tim, there's something we were talking about earlier. I just want to highlight you seem to value when you, as a person, your thinking, your approach to things change, and when you come to those conclusions on your own, as opposed to being handed the
0: answers. Did I hear that correctly? Mm -hmm, For sure. I think it is great when someone tells me what the answer is, it like fixes the problem short term. But I love it when I come to my own conclusions. Because it feels like it's my own way of doing things. It feels more authentic, but also feels more exciting to be able to come to that conclusion myself and be able to figure out how to move forward or at least try to move forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Unlike me in the fourth grade, when I would pester my teachers with questions and just want them to tell me the answer. And she'd be like, Mark, ask three before me, which was super annoying. But I can see she was trying to coach me. She was trying to (laughs) teach me to fish. And I just wanted her to serve me
0: fish. (laughs) So let's talk about the value of coaching. You're working on getting your certified leadership coach designation. Mm-hmm. And just about wrapping that up and you've mm-hmm. put in a lot of hours, almost a hundred hours just this year doing coaching. I started my coaching journey last year and I got my ICF accreditation. I've gotten over 200 hours of coaching in the last two years. Let's debrief a little bit in terms of what we're seeing in terms of the value of coaching for ourselves, but also for the people that we're coaching. What are you seeing as the value mark?
1: Yeah. So along the lines of what you shared often I want the answers just to be handed to me because I value speed and efficiency and action and results, right? Like I want to see things moving forward. Eventually though, you get stuck or maybe things aren't progressing the way you'd like. And often in case it's not maybe the actions that are causing the problem, like there's something going on inside you where you're stuck. There's probably a feeling or some kind of weird belief or a value. And so Receiving coaching from people like my wife and a couple of coaches and sometimes my counselor or friends, you, helps me to get really clear on what I'm thinking and believing about something. Usually, how I'm thinking or feeling or believing about maybe a strategy. And when that strategy isn't working, we have to sort of dig deeper into me and figure out, wait, why are you committed to this approach in the first place? What was the thinking behind that? Oh, it's because you just don't want to work hard. I see. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) well, let's figure out what what the solution is to that. It's that sort of thing. It's helping you get some clarity around what's going on inside. That's what I value about coaching. What about Mm -hmm. for
0: you? For me, it's a block of time to slow down and reflect. I like getting the questions that my coach asks me and being able to have some time to really dig deep and... Think about the issue I'm trying to solve. And it's about getting clarity. Oftentimes, I'm stuck with a decision. And I've shared about this in the Working Genius Conversations discernment is my frustration. And Mm -hmm. so it just costs me a lot of energy to go through the discerning process. Mm -hmm. So I love it when a coach is able to join me in that discernment process and I can borrow from their energy. And Mm To have the focus of that time to really work through and make a good decision, that's really valuable.
1: You know what? I think I've seen that because you have mentioned that going through the discernment process on your own can be a little draining. But when you and I brainstorm together, it's basically just discerning and sort of Mm -hmm. watching you think through and talk through things with me present. You're doing the hard work. It's just maybe you're borrowing a little bit from my energy just being around. And that gives you some space, maybe, to think through stuff that otherwise would just be too draining to do on your own.
0: Yeah. And I think when I'm trying to do it on my own, I can get sidetracked. It can feel hard, and I'll go and do something that's easier or more life giving. And in a way, paying for a coach's time gives me that accountability to know, okay, I'm going to make the full use of this hour together? How can I focus on doing the hard things that I would procrastinate doing alone? And that's that discernment piece.
1: Yeah, I mean, if people lived in monasteries and spent all day on their own reflecting, thinking, praying, you know, about their own life, they might not need a coach. (laughs) But We've got families and careers and are super busy. And even when we're not busy, we've got the phone, tons of entertainment. So there's really like no space in life to think through and process through carefully with a safe and trusted person what you're actually thinking and feeling. Even our own spouses don't get that privilege with us. (laughs) And so because of that, Tim and I have work. We have a job. So thank you, everyone, for being so busy.
0: (laughs) You know what? I think monks also need coaching because... What can happen is someone gets stuck in the same pattern of thinking. And so they're thinking the same thing over and over and over again. And there isn't some outside person coming to challenge the way of thinking. Let's just give an example. You coached me one time as part of your mentor coaching with a mentor observing the session and giving (laughs) you feedback. And I volunteered. I was like, what? I get free coaching from Mark. Sign me up. I'm on a board. And I was trying to make a decision in terms of next year, how I wanted to spend my time, how much time I wanted to invest. And so it was a very practical decision. And you asked me a question that interrupted my way of thinking. You asked me about frameworks for making decision. And that was really helpful because we spent some time talking about that. But I think as a result, I learned about myself. What happens with me is, because I have invention as a genius. I get really excited about ideas when I hear about them. And that energy often causes me to commit to things that I probably should have spent time discerning. And that aha moment, I think, is going to make my decision-making better in the future. So it wasn't just a one-time solve-your-problem thing. It was a change the way that I think, change the way that I make my decisions. Let's just say it improves my decision-making by 5% in the future. But if you think about that, every big decision I'm going to make in the future is going to be improved by 5% as a result of this coaching conversation. And you can really appreciate the value of coaching.
1: Maybe this part won't make the podcast, but here's some of the inside voice for me during that session. Okay. So So everyone, Tim basically says he wants to have a conversation about prioritizing and strategizing, and maybe even coming up with a plan of how to execute something, what the future might look like for him in this volunteer role. And to me, I'm thinking, this is insane. Like Tim is the guy I would go to to help me plan and think through and carefully lay out a strategy for how to approach something. Because Tim is very thoughtful, methodical, and takes his time in doing things well. And so that's where I feel like something's up here because I'm not the one to help him figure out the best way for him to do something. And it was cool to hear him talk through his process and hear about how draining it is for him to even have to discern through things at times and how that might lead him to just make a decision that maybe he isn't thrilled with, but at least he doesn't have to think about the decision too much. That was great learning for me about my friend, Tim, after all these years. And I felt, again, super honored and felt like, wow, I'm actually getting to talk to my friend about something that I just assumed he's terrific at and loves doing. And here I'm finding out this isn't the most (laughs) life-giving thing for him. So yeah, that was a really interesting conversation.
0: And here's the thing. You didn't need to be the expert in decision-making to help me. You just needed to ask me those questions and give me that space the question you asked me actually interrupted my way of thinking, Mm -hmm. and it was a really positive interruption. And I would have just kept on spinning and spinning the same way and not seen this growth happen. So this is a good segue to talk about the next section. Uh, A lot of questions I get, because coaching is still fairly new for people, they ask me, what's the difference between coaching and counseling, consulting, or mentoring? All of them feel like they're in a similar helping type of profession, helping people move forward. And so, Mark, you've got a lot of experience in terms of, of what counseling is with the people in your life. What's the difference between counseling and coaching?
1: So I've found with counseling, the focus is doing a kind of deep dive into the past. You're looking again at emotions and the impact of significant events in your life and working through them. Again, with a safe person like a counselor, helping you maybe understand or reinterpret some of these maybe traumatic things that have happened before with the lens of who you are today, with the maturity you have today, because maybe in the past, when maybe this challenging or difficult thing happened to you, you were interpreting it possibly as a child. And kids don't have the same kind of savvy and understanding that we do as adults. And so that can be really powerful and helpful. Coaching isn't so much about the past. It can come up in a conversation, but it isn't the coach's objective to rehash and talk through the past. There is a lot of emphasis and focus on the future and moving forward Mm. and what that might look like, especially what the client wants it to look like. Mm -hmm. That's, for me, the big difference. Counseling past, coaching, future.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And the difference between consulting and coaching is that when you hire a consultant, you are hiring them to give you the answer. Mm -hmm. And so your consultant will have to have experience, they'll need to know the industry, they'll need to know best practices and maybe the current economic conditions, and then really understand your situation. So they're asking you questions for them to understand what's going on. And the goal is to make a recommendation to you for how to solve your problem. A coach is different. They're not giving you the answer. They're helping you find the answer. And so the coach doesn't spend all that time trying to understand all the ins and outs of the issue for themselves, because their goal is not to make that recommendation. So they will spend majority of the time helping you get clarity, asking you questions to figure out where you are stuck, where you want to go, and how to move forward, and to serve you by helping you figure out the answer, the best way forward.
1: Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And so here's a confession. This is definitely where I struggle because naturally I want to play the role of the consultant. Mm. My ego loves being the consultant. (laughs) I feel like I get to offer value, you know, make an impact. It's great. Whereas true coaching, I think takes a ton of humility because at the end of the day, you're not going to get credit for any of the change that happened. It's the client figuring Mm -hmm. it out on their own. And as much as I hate that, it's good for them. And that's Mm -hmm. what coaches want to focus on.
0: Yeah. In my coaching training, one of the teachers said, 90% of coaching happens after the conversation. Mm. And I've seen this happen where I ask someone a question that they just are really stumped by, but it really captures their imagination. And afterwards, they keep on thinking about that question. The coaching continues to happen after that conversation. They're thinking about it, getting more clarity. The next time we talk... They have more clarity, and they're still thinking about that question. And so that question actually has been working and working and working, even after the conversation.
1: Tim, and this makes me think of what it's like when you watch a really good movie and you find yourself thinking about it in the days that Mm -hmm. follow, and kind of the key points that follow. My wife and I last week watched American History X, and there's this one scene where the mentor goes to Edward Norton's character in the movie. This is an old movie, people, if you haven't (laughs) seen it. Brilliant, brilliant film. One of my favorites but this mentor character goes to Edward Norton's character. Edward Norton's in prison. He's done a lot of bad stuff. And the mentor says to him, is there anything you've done that's made your life better? And I, that question just stayed with me. It stayed mm. with Ed Norton's character. In fact, that was the TSN turning point for him that sparked <laughs> a lot of change. But that's what coaching's like. You just It stays with you in the days to come and it leaves you kind of reflecting and thinking. It kind of like triggers a nerve maybe inside you that hopefully gets some change going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And not to set people's expectations super high. Not every question that we ask is going to be that significant one. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of duds out there, but every now and then there's just that gem of a question and you just don't know as a coach, you don't know which question is really going to be the one that makes that impact for the client.
1: Right. That's true.
0: That story is a good segue to talking about the difference between mentoring and coaching. Mm. And so a mentor will share from their experience, their life experience, their work experience, business experience, tell stories about what happened, and the mentee gains some insights from hearing that. A coach doesn't typically share from their experience, and even when they do, it's a snapshot, and they always bring it back to the person that they're coaching to see what their insights are. So it's never about them, it's about the person they're coaching.
1: The ideal mentorship in my mind is the apprenticeship model. In the trades world, this still happens today. You got a new tradesperson, maybe new plumber or carpenter or ironworker or something like that, and they will get paired up with some terrific master craftsmen in the trade who've mm-hmm. been doing it for a long time, and they'll just literally learn from the mentor doing what they did. And so mentorship really is a lot about sharing your experience and then having the mentee hopefully Copy what you've done. Why reinvent the wheel? Just follow what's been successful before. And then hopefully over time, you develop your own style and way of doing things. An example of this Warren Buffett, probably the most successful investor of all time. He, for the first couple of decades in his investing career, carbon copied his mentor, a gentleman by the name of Benjamin Graham. And then after getting really good and really rich, He eventually developed his own style. Benjamin Graham invested in really cheap cigar butt type stocks that maybe had one puff in them and then it was gone. So Buffett would just go in and extract as much value as he could for himself. And then over time, he shifted his focus to investing in really high quality companies. Mm -hmm. He was one of the first to do that really well and very successfully. And as a result, he's made several hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like with modern work, a lot of the work is not tangible. You can't see it. With Like with trades, you're building something. You can see the work happening. Mm -hmm. But in other professions, a lot of that work happens in the mind. It's the thinking Mm -hmm. behind it. And it's hard to see the thinking happening. It's hard to observe it. And Mm -hmm. so I think the apprenticeship model in some industries doesn't work as well And it really requires explanation. Like, this is how I thought through this decision, the insights that I saw in terms of the scenario. Mm. And I think that thinking can get passed on, but needs to be explained. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's take a short break and we'll jump back and dive into more discussion about coaching.
1: And we're back. Tim, tell us, what do you enjoy about coaching?
0: What I love about coaching is helping people move forward towards a life with more thriving in it. People will come to me with things that aren't quite working in their life. Maybe they're working too much. I have an entrepreneur that told me she stayed up until 3am working the other night, and she doesn't love it. But she's in a situation where she just has so much work to do. Another entrepreneur I talked to doesn't have enough work, the complete opposite. And they're having financial struggles as a result of it, having to dip into their savings. How could they move forward? And so I love having these conversations because we try to find practical ways forward. Where someone was stuck maybe in a certain situation and couldn't figure out a way out of it, coaching can help them at least brainstorm, get ideas, find ways forward, and almost have a bit of that energy. Someone I talked to said he just wants clarity in the coaching conversation because clarity leads to action, and mm-hmm. action leads to results.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: What about you? What do you love about coaching?
1: Honestly, I just love that with coaching, I don't have to try very hard. Like, I just feel like I'm being myself. I'm not saying I'm a good coach. It's you are a good I don't coach, try Mark. very hard, <laughs> but I enjoy just getting to be myself. And by that, that, I mean, I just get to ask questions, which I love doing. I'm just curious and want to understand and learn. Now, as I've mentioned, that sometimes gets me into the trap of being more of a consultant than a coach, but also it's fascinating to hear people's stories and hear about their way of thinking and where they're coming from. Cause I always learn something for myself. There's always a takeaway for me in coaching sessions, but ultimately because I get to play that role of detective or investigator in a coaching session, hopefully at the service of the client and not just my own entertainment, mm-hmm. it can help people and if they get helped as well. That's a great bonus, but ultimately, yeah. cause it's just a lot of fun getting to hear what's going on for people. Mm-hmm.
0: The other thing I love about coaching is that it can help bring more intentionality to the way that people are living and working instead of continuing doing the same thing over and over coaching can allow for reflection to happen and understanding of who the person is and what they want out of life. Mm -hmm. And once that is clear in terms of the life that they're envisioning for themselves in the future, then we can figure out a path forward towards that. But I think some people don't know what they want. They're continuing day by day, week by week, doing something very similar to what they did yesterday, the week before. And they haven't really thought about, what do I want in the future? How can life be better? I love that coaching can ask those questions and help people reflect on these things that matter.
1: Mm -hmm. So what would you say makes coaching worth giving a try? Who would benefit from receiving coaching?
0: I think someone that wants change in their life. Mm -hmm. I have coached people that aren't looking for change and it just doesn't work because they're not looking to make any difference. So I think coaching works for someone that wants to move forward, wants something different. Maybe they don't know how to move forward, but they do know that they're not satisfied with what's currently happening. And there is some motivation. There is some ambition to be moving in a certain direction.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And with coaching, it's really difficult to understand what it's like until you give it a try. I know with counseling, there's sometimes a negative stigma. It's difficult sometimes to accept that maybe you need the assistance of a therapist or a counselor. Coaching doesn't have that stigma as much because it's more about the future and moving forward and results Mm. and goals, which is nice. But again, to truly understand its impact, you kind of have to try it out. And Mm -hmm. it also depends on the coach you work with and you got to make sure there's a good fit personality-wise that way. So it's worth trying just so you have that experience and so you know where to turn, like Tim said, if you feel stuck and if you're looking for some kind of change.
0: So let's spend some time talking about the working genius and how it relates to coaching. So as I've learned more about the working genius this year, I've started taking all the entrepreneurs that I coach through the working genius because I've just found it so helpful For me to coach them, but for them to understand themselves better. And it really helps uncover where are the gaps for this individual. The working frustrations are often places they get stuck in the flow of work or get into trouble. Working geniuses are the places that they thrive in. And awareness is the key. Entrepreneurs often work alone. And so they're doing all the work. And for them to know where they get stuck is going to be helpful to make better decisions. Mm -hmm. Let me just tell a few stories about entrepreneurs I've worked with and how the working genius has helped. So one entrepreneur I work with has discernment as a frustration like myself. And he goes into projects without much planning. He's hired subcontractors to work for his business without really thinking about how best to utilize their skills and capacity. And when he assigns them work, he doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about what they need or how to instruct them. And so what he said is they finish the work, they send it back, and he has to redo 70% of the work. And He had an aha moment in our conversation thinking, oh, it's because discernment is a frustration. I skip over thinking about how best to hand over the work. And if I spent that time and energy beforehand thinking about how to better assign the work, the work will come back at a higher quality. And that's what he did. He made that shift and the work started coming back at higher quality. And so it's exciting to see these changes that are made that aren't only a one-time benefit. It's exciting to see shifts in how people work so that there's that ongoing multiplier effect in terms of better work for the future. This is hours and hours of time that he's saving every month as a result of this. Another example is someone I coach has galvanizing as a frustration. And he runs a business and needs more work. But the galvanizing part is so frustrating for him. So he doesn't do a lot of networking. He's not on social media very much. And he doesn't have enough clients. In our coaching session, we talked about focusing his galvanizing energy towards people who are good networkers, people that are galvanizers. And once they understand his business, they can help do that galvanizing and send him referrals. And that has really helped because he's found a few people to do that and they've started sending him business. And that's decreased the amount of galvanizing he needs to do on an ongoing basis. And then he just needs to keep up those relationships with the people that are galvanizers that are sending him work on an ongoing basis. So one more entrepreneur I work with has tenacity as a frustration and she just really needs help in the coaching sessions to focus on how to get the work done It's a little bit of tenacity thinking and planning. And so there's a lot of energy in the ideation phase. But when it comes to execution, what she really needs from me as a coach is to really nail down those next steps instead of her having to think about, okay, how am I going to get this done? What are the next steps? If in our coaching session we can lay out a plan in place, that helps. Get her through half of that tenacity work that she needs to do, and then it leaves her with the execution. And so I found that really helpful just to know what people's working frustrations are. I can adjust how I coach them and better serve them moving forward. Yeah, that's great. So that's all the time we wanted to spend on working genius today. But to wrap up this session on coaching, I wanted Mark. For you to share a couple stories of you coaching people and the breakthrough moments that happened in them.
1: Yeah, I think maybe if I share this one kind of archetype, that might be helpful for our audience, especially if we've got any entrepreneurs in the audience. So I've been privileged and I've had a lot of fun working with young entrepreneurial type of individuals. And they're super action-oriented, and they love getting stuff done, and they just get results. They're really high-achieving, high-performing people. And as we've talked about, these people don't always have the most amount of time to reflect about their own lives and maybe the why behind the decisions they make. They just kind of function by intuition, and they're just doing things all day long moving forward. But when people like this get stuck, it can feel excruciating they're no longer used to moving at the speed that they are. Maybe they're not achieving and getting things done at the same clip or level that they're used to. And I actually love having conversations with individuals like this because it really seems to be like a great learning opportunity. There's a space that can be created for them to understand maybe the why behind what they do and how they think and feel about things. And so specifically I've had one individual who was struggling with just frustration at work, a sense of bitterness that was permeating everything he was doing with his family and in his job and just really not enjoying himself. Hmm. And when we dug into that a little bit, we discovered he was kind of holding himself accountable and responsible for some circumstances that were beyond his control. And he was basically blaming himself and so just coming to that realization helped shift things in his mindset. He realized, oh, it's not the job. It's not work. It's not my family. <laughs> I'm mad at myself and I feel like I have failed. And so we got to spend some time addressing that and that was really meaningful for him and it was helpful for me to see as well because that's something I reflected on a ton about my own life and I've seen how when I feel like I failed, I start to get stuck mm-hmm. in that area and don't really move forward. I often end up spending a lot of time trying to make amends, just like this individual was.
0: Yeah, I love that story. So if you're interested in coaching, feel free to reach out to either Mark or myself. You can find our contact at corkle.ca, And we usually offer a complimentary coaching session for those that haven't done coaching before, so that they can understand the value of coaching before they commit to a certain amount of sessions. And so we'd love to hear from you. Definitely reach out if you have questions about coaching or would like to try it out. So this wraps up our episode on coaching, but also this wraps up season one of Thriving is the Goal. This has been really fun to do together, Mark. Thanks a lot for joining me on this journey.
1: Tim, man, it's been a pleasure. really enjoy working with a brother and a friend, and hopefully
0: we'll get to do it again someday. We're gonna be taking a break for a while and then we'll start planning and thinking about season two and what that looks like. So thanks everyone for listening and hope this was really valuable for you in your journey towards more thriving in your life.